episode 124 of Welcome to Level 7. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Season 3, Episode 7, Chaos Theory. Welcome to Level 7. A podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's a magical place. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Ben, Ben Avery, coming at you, and I feel like a, a DJ, and you're going to find out why I feel like a DJ momentarily. Daniel doesn't even know why I feel like a DJ, and now that I've said his name, I'm going to introduce him, because he's my co-host here, my co-host, your friend, Daniel Butcher. That's the one. I, I That's keep waiting the for you one. to finish it, you know. Like you were gonna say it all the way. Well, I was waiting for you to finish it. Well, it was. You'd think after a hundred and some episodes, we would get that chemistry right instead of that awkwardness between us. One hundred twenty-four, one hundred and twenty-four, Daniel, and we're almost getting it right. We're and so close, good. man. Well, here's the good thing about our chemistry: um, our chemistry is better than you and past Ben. I don't think that'd be very hard to be to be quite honest with you. But you two have issues. You could say that I have issues with past Ben. And if I have issues with past Ben, would that be called back issues? But um bump. Yeah, I don't have one of those on my thing. I do have this, which is probably more appropriate. But Daniel, we're not here for me to play morning radio jock sound effects are we you do sound chipper my man i am chipper i don't know why but for some reason for the last week i have been more awake and more rested and i think i was fighting something within my body that i've shaken finally or something i don't know either that or you finally saw the martian (laughs) i have not seen the martian yet i went and saw bond instead daniel james bond That may have been a mistake. It was not a mistake for me. I can tell you that much right now. I'm just going to say this. Spectre, like Iron Man 3, is in the canon and will be watched. That's great, Daniel. That's that's wonderful. I'm going to say this. The opening credits to Spectre could could quite easily have been the opening credits to Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the movie. With all of the... octopus imagery and i i thought i was watching a hydra movie i I also was thinking about that that hey this this you know cut one head off just hang keep hanging in there it very easily could have been uh, a shield versus hydra movie and james bond could have been replaced easily by old school nick fury or something like that but i enjoyed the movie and i enjoyed it for what it was, which was the fourth movie in a series of four movies. Yeah, but it's the fourth movie in a series of more than four movies, and that's kind of where my issue is. Yeah, but see, that's your problem. That's your own problem. You can't separate yourself. I just love Bond more than you. You can't divorce yourself from old and new, Daniel. There's old Bond, 
which has a place. And then there's this new bond, which really is they, done. They connect to it, in, you know, thematically, but it's its own thing. It's four movies. There's a beginning. There's a middle. There's an end. And it has a place no more. Well, it has a, a definite place, and it earned back the right for James Bond, I think, to go back to some of that goofiness or some of that lightheartedness, at least. And I will be. I don't honest, know if it will go to. I don't know if it could go to Roger Moore goofiness. But I think but, it could go to lazenbly goofiness. Or, or that is one of my issues. Hey, James Bond, crack a smile. Yeah. It was weird to see Daniel Craig do things in a Bond movie that really you would expect Sean Connery or Roger Moore to feel a lot more comfortable doing. But well, Again, smile, James Bond. Smile. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. And all I'm asking is for us to talk about some... Some Marvel Cinematic Universe news. What do you think? Let's do it. Shield Intelligence Report. Uh, just a couple things. One is one that I'm excited, excited to talk about. And then there's two things that you sent me. <laughs> so There you go. What do you want to talk about first? Let's, let's start with excitement. Uh, new Jessica Jones trailer. Have you seen it yet? No, though I do believe I'm the one who alerted you to it. You are. You are the one who alerted me to it. And I watched it. And I've actually put it in the post for this episode. This episode can be found at welcome2level7.com slash chaos theory. And yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good trailer. And I couldn't help but noticing that they describe Jessica Jones in the trailer as being a regular mess. <laughs> so I was... Oh, I'm looking forward to this. Pleased. Pleased to hear that it was just a, a regular one instead of the, the temperature variety that you keep bringing up. So, wow, this seems um, exhilarating to me. Uh, and I'm just going to say, Daniel, that this trailer will probably get you feeling a little bit tense about watching <gasps> an episode. I do like tension. I think this trailer may not give you a tense feeling other than, oh, this show is going to take me to a place I'll feel tense in. I, yeah, I think it's it's going to reveal to you that tenseness is coming your way. Like every time I travel in large crowds by myself. I can't speak to that, but but sure, I'll, I'll go. Like every time I'm at a company event and I don't have anyone to talk to. Mm. No partner, no partner for you. The good news is Ben is usually in a situation like that. You get a message. Some might call that good news. Some being you. Others. Say for, some, for some others, it may not be welcome. Yeah. Well, it just depends on the time, but I reply when I am available and I just don't when I can't. So I'm, I'm, I will not inconsistent be that way. So. Hey, two casting news things. You want to bring them up? Hey, the chairman is now our favorite security head for S.H.I.E.L.D. I don't know what that means, the chairman. Uh, Mark Dacios, who used to be on Iron Chef America. That's how you say his the name. Dacios? Dude, I was going with confidence there. Confidence. Oh, no, I mean, I'm looking at this name and I'm thinking, I can't, I can't pronounce this name. Yeah, I was going with confidence. Okay. I've never heard of this guy. I've seen oh, his face. I loved him on Iron Chef America. The stuff he had to eat and put down week after week. 
So he was pretending to be a evil dictator who has a love of food. I loved every minute of it. That's really interesting. Okay, I never seen the show. I should... I know that he was on Hawaii Five O, which I did watch at the beginning. I don't even know if I saw him on that on that show. I I just don't remember this guy. No, I didn't watch more than two episodes of Hawaii Five O. Yeah, you know they brought it back with the the team that was behind the Star Trek movie. Yeah, well so. that explains a lot for me. <laughs> and then Agent Carter has cast a new villain. Now I do find this interesting. Ken Marino Marino mm-hmm. um, has been cast as uh, Joseph Manfredi. But here's why I'm interested in him. He's a volatile leader in the Magia crime syndicate. So we're going to get the Magia. I think it would be really nice for us to actually get the Magia, which is basically the Mafia, only it's the Marvel Universe version of the Mafia. Yeah, because you don't want to upset them by saying Mafia, because you live in New York if you're writing for Marvel Comics and you don't want to hit on you. Hey, if I was writing for Marvel Comics in the 60s, I would absolutely have not wanted to make them angry. I mean, but this is awesome. We're going to see MCUing of a classic Marvel organization. And I like the setting of, you know, the late 40s for this. And as we've talked about in the past, you have a major disaster like World War II or the city Battle of New York. You're going to have plenty of opportunity for crime. Yeah, this is it's interesting, too. I've only seen him do comedy. So I'm, I'm curious. Uh, they uh, one of the articles was talking about him on Supernatural, I think. Which I never watched. Yeah, again, I've only ever seen him on comedy like The League and Wet Hot American Summer. So and uh, he was on a Yahoo original show. It was like a bachelor parody. For some reason, I've seen Axe Cop in places where the volume's not on. Interesting, because you wouldn't know he was on there if the volume was not on. Because no, it's animated. no, I, I, I was shocked and, to find out he was part of the Axe Cop team. So yeah, that's our news. I'm ready to talk about this episode. What about you? Let's do it. All right, here we go. Mission report. Daniel. Oh, so much drama. Chaos Theory is the name of the episode. This is the seventh episode. We are around about a third of the way through our season for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And uh, when I was thinking about how we should approach this episode, I, I floated the idea to you that we should go character by character, which... You thought was an okay idea. But then I realized we could actually go couple by couple. Because you know what this felt like to me, Daniel? An episode of The Love Boat? This felt like a couple's skate. You know? Haven't we done the couple's skate before? I don't know if we've done the couple's skate before. We've done date night before. I remember doing date night. But (laughs) the couple's skate, you know what happens with the couple's skate? You know, the guy calls out, hey, we're going to do a couple's skate at at the skating rink. And if you have a special someone, you can get out into the rink, hand in hand, and go around. And we have a number of couples getting out into the rink, hand in hand, with their own little stories and their own little dynamics. And the rest of the world doesn't even exist around them, it feels like. And so I think that's that's the way we're going to take this, is, is couple by couple. Now, 
there's a couple people that we're going to be talking about, Daniel, who reflect my own experiences with the couple's skate. Would that be the third wheel? Well, that's one of the, the things. And then there is, oh, well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But uh, let's see, where do we start here? I think we should start with some of the people who are least integral to the main plot. All right. So I think our do first you skate. you want to give a quick, and I mean quick, summary of the plot. Yeah, sure. It's pretty simple. Uh, Coulson and Roz are on their way to go meet the president, but they get interrupted. First of all, May and Andrew are missing. And second of all, Mac and Lincoln arrive with information about who is Lash. Now, Mac is not the only person who's been looking into who Lash is. May has also been looking into that, and she has found out what we already know. Andrew is Lash. She goes after him. He goes after her. Before he has a chance to hurt Joey, he instead hurts May and takes her, kidnaps her. Colson and friends show up. We have a great big fight. And in the end, Lash is taken prisoner by S.H.I.E.L.D. But it sounds like they're actually going to put him into the the uh, storage facility that the ATC, ATCU, am I saying that right? Mm-hmm. That the ATCU yep. has. That's our plot in a nutshell. Subplots, Bobby and Lance considering going after Ward and decide not to, or at least talk about why they shouldn't. And Fitz and Simmons have been looking into opening a portal. Fitz may have found a lead and they have a moment together. So that's that's our plot. It was a good job, bud. It's very simple. It's very simple. And I was, you know, one of the things, Daniel, we want to work hard at getting the show better and better and better. And, and there's certain limits that we have with getting the show better and better and better. Technological limits, financial limits. But one of the things we can always work on is presentation. And I feel like with Daredevil, we really hit some high highs with those episodes. So I'm really working hard to try and get these Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episodes to, to be able to hit some of those high highs. I've been working on some of this stuff, you know. 124 episodes in, I, I think I think we're still practicing, you know. You're still trying to get better. So Absolutely. So here we are, 124 episodes in with our show, and we come to a pivotal episode of Season 3 of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Unfortunately, I think you could probably say that about every other episode of this season. Or fortunately, I guess, depending on how you're looking at it. But, uh, let's go with fortunately. All right. So let's let's start with our first couple then. That's Bobby and Lance. Oh, and, Bobby and Lance. Yeah, yeah. They're off on their own, way off on the edge. They're taking it slow as they skate around the rink. And they're just in their own world. Because there's real emotion and feelings there. They're not even paying attention to the song that's playing. Now, the song that's playing is Hungry Like a Wolf, Daniel. That's what they've chosen. Yeah. I I chose that song thematically to go along with some of the stuff that's going on with our Lash, you know, story. But they're going around. They don't hear that. I was choosing the Jackson 5's I Want You Back. That's that's not a bad selection, Daniel. It's not a bad selection at all. That might be the second song. So let's talk about Bobby and, and Lance, though. I mean, we really only get a couple scenes with them, and really only one of them with them matters. The other one is we have Bobby talking to May about, I hope you're coming back. And Bobby gives a pretty important little detail 
to May that they've been tracking Lash, and and, the, and May is very interested in that. And then they also talk to Fitzsimmons or Fitz rather a little bit about uh, his his work and, and and the guy's face, Will's Which face was a nice touch, a very nice because touch. he's there for his bro. He's there for his bro. But, you know, you say there's not a lot going on, but really there's both the deep and the simulating that has occurred here. Because, let's be honest, they do give us a moment strictly so that people across America all simultaneously said the phrase, hey, girl. Yeah, I, 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 they, they give you the opportunity. They they definitely do. And but this, now, now I say there's not a lot going spirit. on, but there is a lot to the scene that they have. Well, but but when that happens, by the way, when all of America said "Hey, girl," then I heard <laughs> like a lady would go into the field with lace, and I wasn't going to argue. <laughs> I see what you're saying now. Yeah, you see exactly what's going on. I see on? exactly what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean. We recently, I was talking to somebody recently about a Star Trek program. Okay. I believe Star Trek Enterprise. Yes. Yes. Star. And, and they made the comment that in the second season, this friend of mine, because I've seen exactly uh, 10 minutes of Star Trek Enterprise, um, this friend of mine said that um, what happened is everybody realized that the Vulcan was really cute. And so in season two, it became an endless shower scene so they they could, you know, keep the viewers. Daniel, episode one, they were doing this. Yeah. So her. I was yeah. getting a little worried there because I was like, we, we've got we've got good quality here. We don't need a shower scene. OK, I understand what you're saying. I was so I know that everybody in America wants me to join in and say, hey, girl. But, but really. I don't know if it was needed. Well, Age here's Snook, what you can send your complaints to feedback <laughs> at Here, Here's what was needed, Daniel. This conversation was a very interesting conversation that they had. And so I'd like to talk about that conversation. That's where I'm going. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, basically, Lance is trying to convince Bobby to let him go with her after Ward. Colson's busy. And Bobby says to him, no, no, no. And Lance, along with us, thinks that she's saying, no, you can't come with me. The truth is she's saying, no, I don't think either of us should go. This is good stuff. This is good stuff. She, her reasoning is basically, I don't want us to lose ourselves. Well, and in many ways, they have the same motivation. He wants to go after Ward because he's protective and he says it right there, and, and I don't know if we've heard him say it all season. I love you. He's doing this act of revenge out of love. But Bobby, being the smartest one, points out the fact that revenge is something that they will, well, lose themselves into. Mm -hmm. They will become different people. I mean, we've all seen plenty of shows that are examples of what happens when someone becomes obsessed with revenge and then loses sight of who they originally were. And here they, they call it out. You know, we could go down this path. We could story-wise have these two go down to revenge and, and pull apart. But instead, let's have them forget the revenge part because, you know, spinoff. Yeah, and she's saying, I don't need a, a knight in shining armor. 
I just need you. And I don't want you to die. <laughs> you know, and that's that's important to her. He's important to her. Uh, she also does make sure he he knows that she knows he's been reckless and stupid. But yeah, the cards are all out on the table with them. And yeah, she doesn't want to go not only to protect him, but to protect them. This is a nice moment, a very nice moment and a moment in, you know, an, a secret agent's life that you're going to have to realize. Do we continue or do we stop? Because this is a dangerous life to live. I think if anything, you could argue that one of the better parts of Spectre is, in fact, that conversation that occurs. And this is not the only couple that's having this conversation. We're going to find out later with one of our other couples that they're having a very similar type of conversation in a very different place. One that's sunny and has Hawaiian music playing. But yeah, so that's that's our first couple. They're off on their own. We have another couple that's off on their own, Daniel. But they're young and they're having fun. But at the same time, you're looking at them and thinking, okay, wait, do they like each other or not? <laughs> you know, they're, they're holding like hands them? as they skate together, but are they just holding hands because as they skate together, they have to hold hands, you know, cause that's what's expected of you on the, on the rink for the couple skate. And that's Fitz Ooh. and Simmons. Ah, uh, Fitz and Simmons. Fitz and Simmons. And again, not a lot of scenes with them, but some important scenes. Now, which song are they skating to? Oh, they're still, I mean, everyone's skating to the same song. It's just, are they paying attention to it or not? No, because I, I disagree. The song has changed, and I think it's Peter Cetera's Glory of Love. Which also references the knight in shining armor that Bobby did not want. Did not want. Yeah. I, that's that's the, the love theme from Karate Kid Part 2. Holds a very special place in my life. I don't know if we really should get into this. Do we need to pause the recording for a minute so you can pull yourself to get together? Yeah, actually, I think we do. And now we're back. Of course, no one knows that we actually did pause it. <laughs> oh, I know. And I'll know moment. forever. But, and you know, that's what happens when you pause the recording and then start it again. I'm not going to take your man card this time. Well, okay. Thank you. I appreciate that. So... Again, not a lot of scenes, but some important stuff is going on here. On one hand, Fitz is working hard, and he's discovered something. Simmons brings him her phone and says, well, I have some data on here. I don't know what's able to be salvaged. And he's able to salvage quite a bit, including some recordings that were meant for him from her when she thought she could be rescued before she lost hope. And this, well, and this really is the glory of love right here, because as she'll express later, you know, she was completely clear headed when she said all of that stuff. But it really does allow him to see and be touched deeply yeah. That, yeah. that he was not the only one who held these feelings, that she did love him and thought about him in a romantic fashion. Um, it wasn't just trips she was thinking about back in the day. You know, he had even thought about settling down in Scotland, where where he's from, 
And so he's very, very emotionally impacted by seeing the glory of love being unfolded in front of him. And if anything, I'm going to argue it's going to make him even more focused on helping her and her problem. Well, and that's just it. I mean, he wants to help her because he deeply cares about her. Now, the question of are they going to be able to be together as a couple is a whole other thing. But that doesn't negate his feelings of caring that he has for her. The love stuff they can talk about later after the skate is done. You know, next episode, they'll figure it out. But right now, what are they going to do? And this is brilliant, brilliant writing. What are they going to do for now? Watch the sunrise. And what was one of the things she kept bringing up in her recording? There's no sun. There's no sun. There's no sun. I loved this moment that they had together. And it it rang true for me. Now, I can't decide if I want to see them together or not, but I want them to be happy. What rings true for me watching these characters that I, I do like. I like these characters. And what rings true is that they're not pushing things right now. They've got questions just like we have questions. They're asking themselves, what do we do now? And for the time being, let's just savor this moment together. No pressure. I'm not putting the moves on you. You're not putting the moves on me. We both have confessed. We both. And and when she confesses, she says, at the time, I was as clear headed as I've ever been. Suggesting that, okay, this is a different time. You know, we're in a different place. Things have changed. But when I said those things, I meant them. It's it's a nice, nice moment. A realistically romantic moment to me. Which well, I, And I concur. I thought it was nice. It really was. And Fitz, of course, found a, a secret organization that who, who knows could be bigger and have a lar- longer history than S.H.I.E.L.D. An ancient one. An ancient organization. All about the portal, baby. <laughs> well, and I like the way Lance is. That's kind of ridiculous. But then Fitz just, yeah, we're talking about a portal to another planet. I think we can accept some things like that. And then he was like, dry up in science. Boom. Oh, man. Fitz scienced the heck out of that phone SIM card. Yeah. Yeah. But let's see him grow potatoes on Mars because I've seen that. I read about it. Don't spoil things, Daniel. Don't spoil the Martian. I went and saw Spectre because you told me to see it instead of the Martian. And I like it a lot. I like Spectre a lot. All right. So anything more to say about Fitz and Simmons other than there's more to come? There's definitely more to come. I mean, and at the pace we're going, we're going to have our astronaut back in two episodes. Actually, you know, I I wouldn't be surprised at all. Well, you know, seriously, again, look at the pacing. We're on what, episode eight? No, this is episode seven. Okay, episode seven. Yeah. We're on episode seven, and we've effectively tied off um, Bobby slash Hunter's um, quest for vengeance and revenge. We have and the what lash, we perceive, man. <laughs> yeah, we got the lash thing. I mean, I thought we were going fast last last season. This season, we are flying. And so, when I joke and say we're going to have our astronaut back in two episodes, 
it's really not that far out of the possibility. No, no, it's not at all. It's not at all. I was surprised where we ended up at the end of this episode. I was not expecting to be here, even though I was expecting things to move quickly. This was even faster than I was expecting. Boom, 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 boom. That's how I feel. We're moving super fast. So let's take a look at our power couple, Daniel. Ooh. They're, they're there. They're skating around. And they're very confident. Now, they're not paying a lot of attention to each other. They're, they're watching where they're going. They're, I mean, they're skating around everybody, though. I mean, they just know, you know, they almost know where people are going to be before they get there. And they're watching everyone, but they are definitely together. And unfortunately, they are definitely together. Oh, by the way, the song changed. Oh. It's now. Oh, you're going to be uncomfortable, Ben. Mm-hmm. It's by Boys to Men. It's called I'll Make Love to You. Damn. Sorry. Don't become a hot mess over there, buddy. Well, they start off innocently enough. <laughs> they're just going to go meet the president. That way. Yeah, it they're just like, innocently. They're just going to go meet the president. And just a boy and a girl. <laughs> the president in a tie into Civil War. <laughs> you know, she gets to she gets to come and visit his house this time. It's 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 his apartment, not his actual house, because he has to, you know, it's that mobile base. He's seeing her base and now she's coming to his mobile base, not his actual base base. But there's a lot about this conversation that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> So, so what you're saying is, you know, she showed him hers and now he's showing him her his. It's not what I'm saying at all, Daniel. What I am saying is Colson has a plan. And that plan is to get her to soften up on her stance on humans by letting her get to know Daisy. And so visiting the base, Roz goes out and sees all the cool things on the plane. And no. Oh, what? Well, that's just embarrassing. That is a little bit embarrassing. What is okay. that? You found my secret. Please, which is tell I me had, that's your ringtone for I'm your your wife. On my iPad, I had top fifty love songs of all time. Oh, that's where you're getting your titles from. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to cut that? We can leave it. All right. Remember what I was saying about us trying to get better with every episode? I was trying to be prepared, Ben. Well, we can't put it in the post credit because we're talking about Heroes Reborn in the post credit. So I know. I was just I was trying, trying right, to be focused. Right. I, I thought, wasn't even looking at it. I just thumbed my hand on it. I thought these songs were like from off the top of your head. Oh can we go behind the curtain? I don't think I want to. I'm horrible with music, Ben. Horrible. Oh. <laughs> Should have just left it at hungry like a wolf, man. Okay, so here's where we are with them now. So she's looking around the plane. We get to see the room, the the containment thing that, that flew down and picked up Joey a few episodes ago. And they have lots of conversations. And there's there's just a whole lot of discussion about what the ATCU does in this situation, there's discussion between Daisy and Roz about the ATCU. And 
Daisy, every time they're talking about anything in humans, they're talking about her. Now, by the way, Daisy, she's skating around too, just by herself. She's just a See, rebel. She's out there I'm, and she's just, following, she's following Roz and Colson. And it really is kind of like, she is not excited about this new woman who could be her new mom. I was going to say, I really think Colson wants to be careful before he introduces her da- his daughter to his new girlfriend. I mean, he really needs to think of the ramifications. What if they don't like each other? What if they do like each other and they're not going to stay together? I think I think it's just an outsider. I'm just a little bit uncomfortable about broken hearts. Well, here's the thing. They've got a job to do. And the truth is, Colson and Roz are on the opposite ends of the political spectrum as far as what do we do about these inhumans. On, on Colson's side, it's educate and train. And on Ross's side, it's cure. And there's some good conversations going on about all of this. For every Daisy Johnson out there, there's a lash. And people are, and well, we're going to get some, some of this conversation also from Andrew, but, you know, Daisy is just, you know, you, you're doing this to people like me. And not everyone is like Lash, but there is a Lash out there. And he's hurting people. And it's just, it's there's some good conversations, some good, solid, I'm on this side, I'm on this side, and I, I like what we're getting here. Well, what we're getting here is pre-Civil War talk. Yep. I mean, really, that's what's going on here. I mean, the reason they're going to NORAD to meet the president is to discuss not the future of inhumans, but the future of enhanced people. That would include the Hulk, Captain America, and et cetera. And then, again, the whole political issue of, you know, you give someone with powers who isn't trained um, the ability to do these things, you're giving them a loaded gun without a license. Again, really tying into civil war months and months and months before it's going to occur. But also tying in, I mean, it is drawing on civil war comics, but you know what it's also reminding me of? The whole mutant registration stuff that was happening in the 80s. Well, that's from the what Civil War draws on in, yeah. in many ways. But the thing is, is you know, think about it. There's going to be two groups of people when Civil War comes out. There's going to be those, the faithful, the the bright-minded people who watch Agents of Shield, and we will have spent months and months and months mauling over the issue of superhero registration. And then there's going to be the casual MCU fan that we invite into our house. And we let them come on over. Whenever a, a big movie's out, we let them visit. We let them sit there. We give them some popcorn. In fact, they pay us for it. And they are going to be getting it quick. And so it, I'd almost like to hear the perspectives, you know, between those of us who have, who are going to simmer on this for a while. We're going to just be on this issue as we struggle with what does it mean to give these people loaded weapons versus the person who walks into a movie theater, the last thing they saw was Ant-Man, and now they're being told that Tony Stark and and Captain America are on different sides. Well, but if they went and saw Ant-Man, they probably also went and saw Ultron. So I think they can accept accept the different sides thing. But I think you're right. I mean, we're going to be getting to explore these things much, much deeper. And here's the thing. Roslyn isn't wrong she's not wrong her side is not wrong well and she's not wrong about a lot of things because yes we've got the loaded weapon thing 
But for every Daisy Johnson, there's a lash. She's willing to recognize that there are people who have powers that are good. Yeah. but Including Daisy. But what the way S.H.I.E.L.D. looks at it is for every lash, there's a Daisy Johnson. You know, so for ATCU, it's we need to get rid of all of them, pull them all off the streets. Because I don't trust you. You know, you, Daisy, you say you won't destroy this plane. And that's well and good. But I don't know you. You can say you're good. That doesn't mean you are. And so what's happening is you have this nice discussion. Uh, nice back and forth. And, and I think it's well written. It doesn't get too heavy handed. It does get very... It's not subtext. You know, this is this is not subtext at all. It's all text. It's all right there on the page. It's all said out loud for us. But, yeah, with S.H.I.E.L.D.'s side, it's, okay, well, there's lashes out there, but our idea is we're going to find the people to help stop the lashes and to help protect people from the lashes. And that means finding the Joeys. That means pulling them off the street, helping them understand their powers, but also helping them to figure out how to use them and use them right and use them well and use them for the right reasons and the right cause. And Andrew, he would have been a great person to help judge that. <laughs> then, you know, there's some problems that come up, but yeah, so... Here's where Roz and Coulson's story, you know, they can't go to see the president because they find out about May and Andrew being, you know, disappearing. So they go after May and Andrew. They now then Mac and Lincoln come to them and say, guess what? We know who, who Lash is. And so they go after Lash. They go after him. There's this whole big, the conversation's now expanded to include the big evil monster guy and not just the Daisy side, the Roz side and the Colson side. But we're going to bring in this guy now who you know, we'll talk about him, but he uses his power just like Roz predicted and actually throws Roz down. Uh, I don't know what you would call that area in a building, but throws her down a couple stories. Yeah, I guess so. Throws her down a couple stories and she's caught by who? By Daisy. Quake. Hmm? Tremors. Yeah, Tremors. Quake. Quake. She catches her, helps her to land safely, and now Roz is looking at her and thinking, okay, maybe there's something going on here that's, maybe I'm a little bit wrong. We'll find out if she actually follows through on that line of thinking. But, Yeah. An inhuman tried to kill, and an inhuman saved her. Best scenario, I think Roz might be thinking, okay, this is good, but the best case scenario would be if Lash didn't actually try and kill me so Daisy didn't have to save me. Now, that would make me feel a little bit more comfortable. Yeah, well, if I was in that situation, I definitely would feel more comfortable not being thrown yeah, down. I, like I tend that. to go with not almost being killed. So... Yeah, again, there's some rich possibilities for conflict here where you have people who think they're right and who actually have good points of view 
that you can see. I mean, obviously we're siding with S.H.I.E.L.D., or at least I am siding with S.H.I.E.L.D., because they're our friends. We've been with them. They're the good guys. And they want to help people, not imprison them. And Daisy, she's, you know, this is, you're going to try and cure us? What if we don't want a cure? What if we don't need a cure? Because and I will you're calling us a disease. There is no cure. Well, there is a cure. You know who the, what the cure is. It's Lash. <laughs> That's Great not really line. the cure you want to take. Great line, though. Take one of these and don't call me ever. Because <laughs> you'll be dead. So by the end, Coulson is able to talk to Roz. She asks him out for a drink. He accepts. And then we move to the tag scene. Where we find out Ward wants to kill Coulson, which we already kind of knew. Where we find out what's his, what's his name, Gideon? Is that the, the actor? I just name? call him World Council guy. Okay. I know he's not the World Council guy. But. He might be. He's going to be a part of this meeting with the president. He's up there. Is it safe to say that we're going to just go with that until they confirm that he's not? Well, I'm going with never- it until until they say he's not. I'm going with it. Yes. But that guy was actually the one who Roz contacts about the meeting with the president. And that's when we find out that Roz and Coulson have not just gone out for drinks. They're now talking about going out for breakfast. Ben, I know you're they have the most chemistry-less kiss I've seen and forever. There's no chemistry there. Why would they even do this? There's 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 nothing there. There's no chemistry. Wow. There's no passion. Dude, dude, him and the cello player are on a break. I don't Why care. can't you let Phil find love? He found love. He has in love. The, in the arms of another. Hmm. Yeah, they're they were like two wet fish that dried off. He's been alive for a long time, Ben. Who's been alive I, for a long time? Phil, you know, since he died. Yeah, and in all that time, he's been alone. Maybe was it's alone time for him to have that. a companion. Or perhaps using that thinking, you could say that his birth date was the day he came alive again, and he's still a minor, and Roz needs to be arrested. That's just weird. No, let's not go there. Let's go somewhere else with Coulson. He gets to fight Lash a little bit, and he gets to put that hand to use. Boom. He is holding Lash by the arm with his robot hand. Lash pulls against it. It was a cool moment. Really cool moment for Coulson. Yay, Coulson. And boo Coulson for the end. I don't, I don't consider myself someone who does a lot of shipping, but I think that... I've made my my feelings clear about who I'm shipping Coulson with. I've made this clear since the Avengers movie. When we knew Coulson was coming back for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and we did our review of the Avengers movie, we talked about the cellist. And we predicted or said that's one of the things we were hoping for is that we were going to see the cellist. And now he's cheating on the cellist. He's not cheating. 
They're not married. They're not even dating. Ben, you can call it what you want, Daniel, but I'm calling it as I see it. So, yeah. anything else to talk about with Coulson and, and Roz? Again, I do think it's super cool that we're going to see these Civil War hints going on here. And and there was some screaming in my house at the end. A lot of screaming. I don't think that it was just in your house. Now, I didn't actually say anything out loud like you suggested that I might have been yelling or screaming. However, I definitely was not excited. I, I wonder if there are many people at all out there who actually are shipping that relationship. But Well, and I wonder, my sense is, is there probably isn't. Again, as much as I enjoy the casting, I just don't think there's a lot of folks that are looking to see these two get together. And I look back at kind of the Gotham experience from last year and saw what happened there where, you know, they put together a couple and the fans didn't like it and, and they listened and they separated them. So, you know, maybe if we don't like this, they'll catch on and, you know, she'll go the way of Jane. Or maybe it is a plot driven thing where this definitely brings it ratchets up the the interpersonal tension between Coulson and Roz if they're going to continue on these two separate paths with their respective organizations. And so I can understand that. And that gives me hope that they're not going to be together much longer. Well, and, and the way that this season's going, that'll be in four episodes. Ooh, it'll be in three, maybe even two. But we'll find out. We will find out. So we talked a little bit about Daisy, and I can relate to Daisy being that lone lone skater. I remember sitting there on the, the sidelines watching all my friends skating with their their special someone or you know, and I, I I'm 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 there with Daisy. But there's another couple out there. But they're not skating as a couple, they're just together. And they're just causing, you know, mischief, you know? They're out there because they're there's two guys who are just like, yeah, dude, let's go. And laughing. They're bros. Yeah, they're 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 holding hands really only so they can clothesline the other skaters who are around them. But we're talking about Mac and Lincoln now. Hey, is their song did we ratchet it up a notch to Beastie Boys, you gotta fight for your right to party? <laughs> I would go there. And I by the way, there. I actually did pull that one out of my own head. Ooh, I'm nice. pretty proud. Very good. No I had a smile. <laughs> Their plot line together is it starts out just as a passing comment as Andrew is walking past uh, Mac, who's talking on the phone. He's like, oh, why are you calling me? And I thought maybe we'd be looking at some sort of uh, a play with time where we're going to see scenes from different characters' perspectives or something like that and come back to that Mac conversation and actually see the, the conversation. But no, we're actually just seeing the result of that conversation when he meets with Lincoln. And Lincoln says, hey. I know who Lash is and I'm coming to you because I don't want to put anyone, I don't want to put Daisy in danger and I don't trust anyone else. And apparently off screen, Mac convinces Lincoln, Hey, we got to go. We got to bring that intelligence to Coulson. And they go. Well, and they did what, what I found interesting is when May came in, it was walking down the hallway they made a big deal of showing Mac talking to somebody on the phone. Yeah, it wasn't that big of a deal, though. It was just yeah, but it was like passing. But 
but at the same time, it's like, why would you show Mac talking to somebody on the phone? Well, it's that's not what like I'm saying. He's, he's not ordering pizza. No, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I thought they were going to come back to that conversation. It, we were going to see. It's Chekhov's phone call. Yeah. Well, it absolutely is. And and then we have Mac. I guess Lincoln didn't come and say, I know who it is. I just know he's in S.H.I.E.L.D. And then Mac looks into it and finds out, you know, wait a minute. What was, oh, May was looking at some stuff here. And, oh, wait, look at this. There is someone in S.H.I.E.L.D. who matches up these different locations. And so he did they, some investigation. And what allows them to go after May is that they realize, oh, May was looking into this too. And so that's that's where she is. So they go after May based on all this information from Mac and Lincoln. Here's where, again, they're just going off and doing their own thing. And for Mac, it's I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna you know think I should really have that axe shotgun by now, but I don't. Mac gets in some good hits, but also gets some good hits thrown at him. Lincoln, on the other hand, he is just going off script. And I, you know, I guess there's a reason to to see his motivations here. And that's what this guy killed his friends. He did. He did. And he's mad. And what what I find interesting is that I actually written in the corner of my notebook, you know, is this our first secret warriors mission? Because we have two inhumans here on the team. But in the end, the answer is no, because he's not playing for the team at the moment. Not, not on this mission. No. Yeah. He's just doing his thing. So Lincoln goes after lash and finally everything just goes wrong, horribly wrong where we just want to bring lash in. But Lincoln is like, no, we're, we're going to take him down when he realizes that's not going to happen. Lincoln does say, Hey, I'll bring him to you. I'm bringing the party to you. And by party, I mean Lash. And this is where we get into some of the Lash May stuff. But Lincoln, he he comes back on board. He He's back on track by the end. And he's got nowhere else to go. So he he's now there with the team. And Joey is also mentioned, by the way. Joey mentioned uh, she's putting together soldiers, right? And... and you get the impression that people are starting to hear this idea that Daisy is going to be putting together these secret warriors. But yeah, <sighs> Lincoln. Well, and I do want to jump back to Mac and the investigation. Yeah, they're following May, but they're following May and Andrew because Mac has figured out Andrew is Lash. Yeah. And it's because of the fact that he is the only member of S.H.I.E.L.D. But basically, Lincoln tells him there's this index. Only mom had access to it. And then Mac being the guy who's, you know, the keeper of all things creepy. He knows who's the only shield agent who has access to that. Oh, index. I, I hadn't thought about that connection that he is the one who would be in charge of that stuff. He's probably the one who checked it out. You know, he had a little check sheet. Mac signatures at the bottom. One index of inhumans not opened check and then he signed it out to andrew and it's gonna come back damaged i'm sorry it's coming back damaged well you know andrew can deal with that when he returns it and usually i found that if you talk to the librarian and, and say this happened 
uh, they'll they'll say it's okay. We can repair it unless it's completely I'm just saying, destroyed. But. Before there was an amount of terrigen in it. Now there's not. Yeah. So Mac and Lincoln, they're doing their thing, and we we come back to one last couple, and that's Lash and May. <sighs> Who. I think it's safe to say for anyone who's listened to any part of this episode, the song that they are skating to is Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You. Or everything I do, I do it for you. No, that's really more of a Bobby and Lance kind of thing. Yeah, that doesn't really work for no, no. Because he's not really doing things for her. He's doing things because he's hungering. So that's the hungry like a wolf. His skin is hungry, dude. <laughs> that's a crazy description but so weird and creepy and cool it eats up bullets so our teaser is with them they're in Hawaii they're together they're happy and then we go away from this happiness and we see the book we see the dust come out of the book the Jiang's book and it goes all over him, and he knows something bad has happened. He gets into the cocoon. And then most of our act one, the beginning scenes, he's walking around. There's a little conversation about how Lash is evil that Daisy and Coulson have, and he knows they're talking about him. They don't know they're talking about him, though. And then he offers to go and check in on Joey. And he goes to a training location, a secret shield training location called the cocoon. I don't know if I would name my location, the cocoon, Daniel. See, I think that's cool because Daisy's base in secret warriors was caterpillar. Maybe that's cool. But how about this? A cocoon because, you know, it's where a caterpillar lives. How about this, Daniel? These guys who go through this whole fish oil thing, they end up in a cocoon. It's not a good experience. And they're naming it after that. I don't know. I, I just don't know if that's wow. the best name for things here. Hey, Joey seems pretty happy post-cocoon. He is now. He's feeling a lot better. He's feeling a lot more confident. He has control over his power. He's not able to not just melt things, but shape things. And for him as a construction worker who likes to build, that's that's right right in his wheelhouse. You know, he, it's like he's seen big hero sex. Maybe. And Andrew and him have uh, really ominous conversations. And there's even a, a fake out dream sequence or a fake out daydream sequence anyway, where Andrew turns into Lash and kills Joey. <laughs> um and Joey, you come away from that, and Joey's saying, yeah, I'm just glad to have control. And Andrew says, yeah, control, that's important, that's good. And then Joey's, yeah, Daisy tells me my fate is in your hands. Yes, yes, it is. And from there, though, before Andrew's able to do anything, May comes, interrupts that whole conversation, and confronts <laughs> Andrew. and. I'm getting Hulk vibes all over the well, place here. All and, over the place. Don't make correct. me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. He shoots her to shut her up. That is crazy. 
but he panicked, you know. Well, and at this point, my oldest is saying, this is like the Incredible Hulk. You don't want to make him angry. And then later she'll make the comment, we need a lullaby. Hmm. Yeah, because I wasn't thinking of that Incredible Hulk. I'm I'm, I'm still thinking about Bill Bixby and Luther. I think she honestly was thinking of both. Okay. It just felt like the way Bill Bixby fights so hard to not get angry and the, the difference being there's a there's a there's a darkness behind uh, Andrew that that you don't get from Bill Bixby. Bill Bixby is a good guy, you know. If he didn't turn into the Incredible Hulk, you'd want him you know, you'd want him over for dinner cuz he's just a nice guy. But, just like Andrew. And he's a scientist just like Andrew. Except the difference being at this point, Andrew's a little bit crazy. He's just a little bit crazy, but he's not himself. And as he's talking to May, he's chained her up. She wakes up and she's cuffed to this hot water heater or gas tank. I don't know what that is, but I'm no handyman, Ben. Okay. But you know what it is? Because I'm no handyman, and that's why. No, I'm, I'm not a handyman. Oh. I, I, yeah. Okay. A water heater? Not a water heater, a heater of some sort? I mean. Yeah, so we get some more of the backstory. Um, he survived that cocoon experience, obviously, but he was feeling sick. And I, I wrote these these phrases down that he used to to describe himself. He felt sick. He felt unlocked. He felt compelled to seek out other inhumans. There was a hunger on my skin, he says, which is awesome. And he lashed out. And he can't help it. When it happens, it's instinct. Lash is instinct. And when he hulked out with the people who were going to kill him, it happened and it was instinctual. And when he iced May, he shot her with the icer. It was instinct. He was panicking because he didn't want it to go into the instinct of lash, but he says, you know, he, he says, I would never hurt Daisy. I would not hurt Joey, but Lincoln. Well, except for that time that I like imagined killing. Yeah. Joey. Yeah. But he held back, you know, but Lincoln, that dude's got darkness, man. <laughs> that guy, there's a dark side to him. He needs to go. He needs to go. Oh, by the way, I'm in love and I need your help. He is in love. He is. Yeah, that kid has a dark side. So May is arguing this isn't you. You need help. And Andrew's saying, yeah, I know I need help. But he says, I don't want to do what I'm doing. I have to do what I'm doing. So really, as we kind of look at at Andrew, one of the big questions we had is what motivation does he have? Mm-hmm. In the comics, the lash motivation is to eliminate non-worthy inhumans. This lash is kind of going two ways for me. One way is he's the inhuman representative of the party of Rosalind because he's saying the same sorts of things. These people hurt people. That What are you going to do if they can't stop hurting people? They hurt their friends. They hurt their loved ones. They don't like it. I'm, fr- you know, they're transforming in uncontrolled environments. This is, yeah. you know, really him restating the Rosalind platform. He is the cure. I mean, they're looking for the cure. 
He says he is the cure. But part two, and again, he may feel like he's being very rational when he says that. But part two is irrational, which is that he's drawn to them. He needs to be near them. And to be honest, he hungers for their energy. He wants to, well, suck their energy out. Yeah. And and that has nothing to do with whether or not uh, he thinks they're being safe or unsafe. It's it's the irrational reason. So, in fact, he has a yin and a yang of motivations, a rational and an irrational. Yeah. Well, and kind of the mixture of that is where he's saying, I sort the good from the bad. I'm doing this for you. You gave me this job. And that's what I'm doing. I'm, and, and that's where I, I feel like they're kind of tapping in a little bit to the comics there where, you know, Lash in the comics, you say he was going after those who were turned into humans, the worthy and the unworthy. Here he's saying, I'm separating, I'm sorting out the good from the bad. I am the cure. I, you know, I have to do this. I can't be stopped. And I do want to speculate a little bit because now we know, okay, he has not been Lash for a very long time. When he left May, it was because of what was happening with him. But you still have those scars, like that ritual scarring on him, these symbols of scars on him. I can't help wondering, Daniel, if this is a special class of inhuman where it's almost like he is, you know, an angel of of uh, vengeance or, or something like that, where he is. He's been turned into an inhuman. But he's been turned into an inhuman with a role to play, with a job to do. And he's more of a force of the Terrigen Mists than he is just transforming into, you know, his unlocked potential. I think he's just hungry like a wolf. Well, he definitely is. His skin is hungry like a wolf. But is he being driven by forces beyond just insanity where it is. I'm, I'm going after these worthy or unworthy inhumans. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's fair to call it insanity. I do think it would be fine to call it instinct because he is preying on an animal instinct, a need that has to be filled. It's just not in a human way. Yeah. He, he's violated the basic <clears throat> premise that I have often said is what keeps us from being animals. There's one thing that separates humans from animals, Ben. Maybe he doesn't thumb. do it anymore. Oh. And what is it? Alternation in lines. You know, you take a turn, I take a turn. You know, like when you're coming out of a parking lot. That's the one thing that separates us from the animals? Yeah, they can alternate. We can. And insects do. <laughs> Back to the drawing board. <laughs> uh, so... How does May stop this from hap- from the the chaos? How does she? Because she's following a trail of bodies that he's leaving behind. It's not him. She knows it's not him. He, I think, has an in- inkling that it's not him. Lincoln has said he is going to slowly, slowly, slowly become the monster. He is able to trans to transform back and forth now because he hasn't been wholly taken. But eventually he's going to be Lash and nothing else. He is not going to turn back into the human-looking Andrew. So May plays on his human side and says, 
look, I want to stay with you. I love you. I'm not going to leave you. I know you're in there. And he transforms into Andrew Here's your again. lullaby. There was. That was a lullaby. Not in actuality, but in functionality. And I'm then, just saying it's a smart kid. It's a really smart kid. And then he shoots. Bam, 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 bam. Or she shoots. Bam, 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 bam. He falls back into that chamber. They close it. They gas him. Colson says, how did you know that the gun wouldn't kill him? And May's answer is, I didn't. And the look that Colson gives her of just surprise, it's it's a good look. And then she has to decide, do we put him in stasis? Or do we let him transform and try to educate him and train him? And Daisy makes the choice. What would you do, Daisy? I'd put him in stasis. And so they put him, they're going to put him in stasis. But again, this is another big May moment. I mean, Daisy's not hidden the fact of how she feels about stasis. She's not hidden it at all. She doesn't like it. It's not treating people like people. And yet, and, that's what she suggests. I mean, that's that's the advice she gives to May. Well, and, and May comes to her on that personal level. What would you do? And this is almost due to Andrew's condition. It's a moment where reality has outweighed her ideology. She's not happy about it. She's not pleased with it. But she knows that really the only hope for Andrew is a cure, which again, as I've often said, there are no cures. Um, but if he's going to not become Lash, they have to stop his transformation where it's at, slow it, and then try to find something, anything that'll keep him from becoming the animal. Because really that's what this Lash is. This is an animal. And it's a shark. Says, he's the shark. He's you know? yeah. And they do, and Andrew Lincoln's very clear. Inhumans do not transform. This is temporary. So they put him in stasis, and this is one of those moments where Shield has compromised. Daisy has compromised her ideology, like you said. This is a big moment, and so yeah, I'm I'm very. I liked this episode a lot because of well, just the things it was saying, but then putting the characters in situations where they had to consider the other side as a legitimate option. Which brings us back to Civil War. I mean, the thing about Civil War is there's truth to both sides. Yeah. And so the way we leave this episode then is just on kind of that. Did they do the right thing? I don't know. They're wondering, did they do the right thing? And Colson's wondering, did he do the right thing? And Roslyn's wondering, am I about to do the right thing? And by that, I mean, having breakfast with Colson in the morning, but um, we do need to address something. What is that? Before we get to that post tag. Well, we already talked about the post tag really. Okay, good enough. We need to address something, Ben. Would you like to just tell me now that I'm right? You know that I will never, ever tell you now that you are right. Well, Ben, I I think you owe me a Daniel, you're right. 
I need to hear what I'm saying it about before I say it. Well, you completely skipped over it. Okay. Andrew comes out of his cocoon. Mm-hmm. His office is in a little bit of shambles. Mm-hmm. What do we see lying on the floor? A cracked picture of Melinda May. Oh, but that was a different picture. That's not the it, same one that they were talking about. Come on, Ben. You know he didn't have a girlfriend and he broke up with her. A girlfriend that he felt fine, strongly fine, before that he had her picture fine. on his desk. You were right. It was her. Thank you. It's because inside me is a real Casanova. I, I understand love and no love. I said it. You happy? Yeah. I'm going to finally figure out how to use GarageBand, and I'm just going to cut that out. My soul has broken just a little bit. But I said it. I said it. It only took three seasons. <laughs> Where do we go from here? I think that this is, I mean, I think we've covered pretty much the entire the entire episode by, by going with these couples. I mean, the couple skate is now over. Everyone's allowed back on the rink and Daisy's feeling better now because she can skate around with her friends. But then she realizes, Oh no, Roz and, and Colson are still skating together hand in hand. Oh, and there's Ward who just came out on the rink. And uh, well, in maybe the one thing we didn't discuss with the post scene is again, revenge comes up as a theme and you know, our boy world council is urging, urging Ward to rethink his motivations and his plans because revenge is too small of a plan. That's right. Revenge is a dish best served cold. And who likes cold food, especially when it's, you know, it was warm the night before and now it's just leftovers. No, no, no. You don't want revenge. You need to go grander, go grander. Yeah, he's trying to mentor him. Give up your petty little squabble. Look for the big game. Be careful how you talk about these people who came before you. Just because you don't like them or the way they did things. They came before you. They laid the groundwork. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for them. Respect your elders, man. Respect your elders. Yeah, and Ward, he's not hearing any of it because he's just going to focus on that revenge plan and removing the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. Which is Coulson. It won't grow back. Again, that nice little contrast with Hydra. You cut one head off, two more grow in its place. Ward on S.H.I.E.L.D., if you cut off the head, nothing's coming back. Now, in my house, somebody might have yelled out, what about Nick Fury? But <laughs> that's neither here nor there. Yeah. And yeah, cut off the head and then shield's gone. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a nice grand scheme. It's not going to earn a lot of points for Ward because most people already think that shield is gone. But from here though, I think the thing we should try to, I think that the, the moment we should have been left with is not this moment. I mean, it's unfortunate. This is the final moment. I think that the final moment that we really should have stuck with was was Melinda looking out the window at the same sun that uh, Fitz and Simmons were looking at 
And by the same sun, I realize there is only one sun. I understand that. I mean, it's the same sunset, the same moment in time as far as sunsets go. But she's thinking back to her and Andrew. And do I deserve happiness? And Andrew says, of course you do. And it's bittersweet because what's just happened with him? It's not something to be happy about. I feel, I feel like that's the moment we should be leaving on as we talk about this episode. Now, here's where I'm frustrated, man. I'm frustrated. Okay. Where? How? I think that they're at some point going to find a quote-unquote cure. And they're going to give it to Andrew. Mm, that's not my prediction. Well, I think that they will. But I don't want them to. I, I think even in season two, Jane established... You know, this is not a temporary thing. This is not an ailment. This is not a condition. This is who you are. And it, it makes me very, very frustrated. Oh, to, don't be frustrated because I don't think they're going to go that direction. Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. But I, I think in many ways, they might try to give May that perfect happy ending. No. You want to hear my prediction? There's two different ways I could see things going. And neither of them go that way, Daniel. One way is Ward actually does end up killing Andrew. And the other way is someone releases Andrew before they have a cure. And he does become Lash. And stays Lash. And becomes someone on the other side that they must go against. I don't, I don't think it will be a cure. I could be wrong. And I do admit it when I am, but that's, that's where my mind goes. No, I, I think that's, again, it's a fear because it's, it's the easy pickings to make some fans happy. Understood. Understood. But I'd almost rather see me have to go through the tragedy of losing him because I, this is who he is. That it, Saying that there's a cure for him being an inhuman is like saying that you can cure me from my cub fandom. If the cubbies haven't cured you of that already themselves, then yeah, you're right. They try every year. They do. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, should we move on to our, our listener feedback here, Daniel? Let's do it. All right. Shield Field Report. Daniel, I sent you two. Items. There is a third that just came in that I will uh, get into in just a moment here. So I'm going to read the first one that came through our website comment notification. And I'm actually reading it the week we received it. So how High about five? That? This is from Agent Eric. Subject is Zodiac Hydra Connection. Agent Eric says, hi, guys, love the podcast. Wanted to throw out a quick theory to you guys. With the introduction of Gideon Malik last week, do you think he could be the head or member of... The Zodiac, his goal seen the lineup with their modus seems to line up with their modus operandi. I also foresee Malik becoming a major part in the creation of the ATCU. Think about it, rather think about it, whether Hydra or the Zodiac could be placing Inhumans on ice just to build their own superpowered soldiers. I don't think Rosalind would have any idea that this is actual true intentions of the higher ups for the ATCU. ACT, whatever. My my guess is that eventually she'll leave this organization and want to head up sword. Love to hear your thoughts. 
And that idea of them building up their own superpowered soldiers, that could be one of the things that gets Andrew released as as Lash. Um, as Not that the bad guys have ever re- released an entire prison of superpowered bad guys before. Yeah. Uh, then along with that, the idea that um, Roslyn may not know what's going on with the higher-ups, but that this could be going on. I think we are seeing here that exact thing. Now, this message came before this episode, but yeah. Good That's thoughts. a good prediction good on thoughts. the APCU. All right. Why don't you read uh, Agent Carl's Where to Begin, and then I'll get this other email up here. Absolutely. Another great episode, another great podcast. I have to say as much as I love watching Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and all things MCU, listening to your podcast and the various theories of your listeners adds another layer that makes it all so much better. Keep up the good work. Just finished listening to your podcast in response to my feedback last week. I appreciate your answer to my question regarding Ward having Andrew followed, but not real sure you put sufficient thought to it. If Ward really had been following Andrew for a period of time, that means he has also been following Lash. But then again, if Coulson has had an agent tailing Andrew, he too should know who Lash is. So the question is, does Ward know who Lash is? And if so, how long has he known? Is there a connection? Stop speak- right there. I wonder, and this again, I think this question here actually fed into my thought about Ward somehow releasing Lash or somehow going after him. I wonder if if Lash if Ward knew who Lash was, I, I, I do think, and then this next paragraph here, well, go ahead and read. Well, here's the thing. I think we've got the really important piece right in these first two paragraphs. You know what? I think we just need to go ahead and play a no prize sounder. You're not, uh, before we even finish the email. Yeah. You're going to finish the email, right? Well, yeah, I'll finish it, and I'll explain why and no prize. So the no prize goes here. We're not doing a – you're not going to trick me and try and do a second one, are you? No. You're not lying to me, are you? No. Okay. I'm not a, I'm not Hydra. You're not a lying liar who lies lies? No. Sometimes you are. The no prize winner of the day. All right, continue. Well, it, just that Agent Carl's figured us out. We don't really put sufficient thought to anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the no prize is for? Well, he gets it now. Uh, read the email. And speaking of last, Drew, how long has that been going on? If it is a recent transformation, how is Andrew coerced into completely shifting his priorities and morals? And by whom? Am I finding it hard to I, – I am finding it hard to believe that in a matter of a couple months, Andrew could go from a caring psychiatrist who doesn't want harm to come to anyone to the killing machine that is Lash. Did something happen to get him to comply with a higher authority? Or is it possible that Lash has been around for a lot longer and used May to get him a shield? All the other Inhumans we have learned of didn't seem to change who they were when they transformed. They seem to have all retained the same personality throughout. Why would Andrew be different? That's a good question. Well, and again, in this episode, he talks about instinct. He seems to be the most animalistic of the Inhumans that we've seen. Yeah, but I, I that's... The thing, though, is with all the other humans, they aren't changing personalities. Well, well, okay, I'll throw this one out to you. In Captain America, we learn that sometimes when you get powers, Ben, 
It brings out those things that are in you. Maybe this was always in Andrew. Uh, Okay, sure. It's possible that this is not a change of personality, but... Just bringing something to the surface. But I think that there's something more than just he's an inhuman who transforms into a monster and is going to stay a monster eventually. I think there's something deeper and it's a different kind of transformation for him. But I'll back to his email. Yeah. Also, if Hydra has been shadowing Andrew for a while, Ward would also have known where the shield base is. We know he is stockpiling some pretty significant weaponry. Is the shield base his target? If not, what is? What are his plans with Hydra? World domination or something else? Again, we got that one tonight. He's going to cut off the head. Yeah, and I also think that he might not know where the shield base is because while Andrew is being tailed at his job at the university, I'm I'm willing to bet that he's able to go well, my- to the shield base in such a way that he's not able to be, be followed there. I think they're picking him up on cloaked Quinjet. Yeah, I, I think there's something happening or was something happening when he would go to the base that he would not be able to be followed. And while on the subject of war, did anyone else notice the similarities with Gemma being kept in a cage by Will and Ward being locked up in the basement of the shield base, even down to the point of exercising and maintaining a routine? Lastly, I love the comment about the connection with Roz and Will. I didn't pick up that one during the show. Another great listening to your podcast makes the experience that much better. I don't think that there was a marriage involved because Will said he hadn't left any kind of family behind. And although Ross has a reason to lie to Coulson about prior relationships, I can't imagine a scenario where Will wouldn't have been completely honest with Gemma. Can't wait till next week. As fast as things are moving, all these questions and more should be answered then. Which is pretty much what happened. (laughs) It's very close. Very, very close, yes. Agent Agent Carl is uh he's got that. So yeah. So we have one more uh piece of feedback, and that comes from Agent Jessica. And the subject line is Chaos Theory Initial Reaction. I thought the transformation of Andrew into Lash was even cooler than last week, and combining that with Lincoln and Daisy's powers, there were some really awesome effects tonight. Poor Melinda. But what a performance by my Bing. I kept waiting for Andrew to just take some fish oil, but introducing a ledger of Inhumans is pretty interesting. So since Lash wants to kill Lincoln because he has darkness or whatever Andrew said, is that foreshadowing Lincoln going bad? I really hope not. After that tag scene, I can't take any more good guys turning bad. Speaking of that tag scene, since since Daisy saved Rosalind's life, do you think that will help soften her up to switch sides? Or is she just pretending to be on Hydra's side to get what she wants? That was a cool use of Daisy's power, though. I love the Fitzsimmons stuff and that Fitz got to see Gemma's recordings. What are your theories on who Will was working for slash with? Can't wait to hear your thoughts. As always, Agent Jessica. Um, the thing about Daisy saving Rosalind's life, softening her up to switch sides. I don't think Rosalind knows that she is working with an agent of Hydra. I think she does think that the guy that she's working with is the presidential liaison or something like that Um, again i can admit when i'm wrong it might take a little coercing but i can do it so yeah and it was a cool use of her powers i like that little exchange i didn't know you could do that neither did i but will and the organization the nasa organization and the secret society 
What do you think, Daniel? Theory? I got none right at the moment. I, I think we're dealing with a secret society that is able to infiltrate into these science-y areas. Like it's NASA. the original shield. It could be. I mean, Newton, Michelangelo, Tesla. That symbol that they were looking at. It's shieldish. It is shieldish. You admit that now? I do. I because you told me no, no, no. It could. It Tesla, Newton, Michelangelo, Da Vinci. It could be original Shield. I think that they 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 might go there. They might go there. I can't wait to read the end of that that story. That that Jonathan Hickman Shield secret society type story. But and we will talk about it on a comic episode eventually. But in in the context of our show here, I think we are looking at the beginnings of S.H.I.E.L.D. Because, I mean, I know we went through the SSR and then that became S.H.I.E.L.D. But what if there is something deeper and more ancient that was kind of behind both of those things? And I'm wondering, Daniel, if we're going to find out a little bit more about it and Agent Carter, rather than here in Agents of Shield, be cool. Uh, hmm. uh, we'll see. Uh, we will see. We will see. Question mark. So I think that's it. Uh, I think we'll shut down this episode here right now, talking about Agents of Shield, and we'll talk about uh, Heroes Reborn with part two of that time travel flashback episode after the credits. What do you think, Daniel? Sounds good to me. Then let's do it. Here we go. End credits will happen in a moment. But first, I want to say thank you for listening, everyone. And please send us your thoughts, feedback, and theories. And Daniel, do you have any final words that you'd like to let people know about? You know, Ben, I did have some some words prepared. But I think based on tonight's episode, you being fully, fully honest about the fact that we're trying to be better, be making a mistake with an iPad, I think at the end, I'm just glad we've been transparent with everyone because secrets can eat you up on the inside. Thanks for listening to Welcome to Level 7. You've heard us, now we'd love to hear from you. Go to welcometolevel7.com slash feedback where you can contact us through our website. You can also leave us a voicemail by calling 177-55-LEVEL-7. You can also join the lively conversation going on at Facebook.com slash Welcome to Level 7 or connect with us on Twitter where we're Level 7 Pod. And remember, the 7 is spelled out. Our theme music is The Light Fantastic by J.S. Earls. And you can find that at transplant.bandcamp.com. Welcome to Level 7 is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Learn how to podcast, get productive in your personal and professional life, theorize over TV shows, laugh with our clean comedy, delve into science fiction and philosophy, learn critical thinking from movie reviews, and more at noodle.mx. Once again, thanks for listening. And remember, welcome to Level 7. It's not just a podcast. It's a magical place. All right, Daniel. We're about to talk about one of your... One of the loves of your life. I mean, I know you have your wife, you have your children, and you have heroes. In Star Wars. So, I mean. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm totally feeling that with less kissing. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so here we are. Heroes Reborn. We're going to spoil it. We're going to talk about all the things that happened in the last episode. And so this is, it's a shorter conversation, but there's a lot to cover. And you were sending me a bunch of texts as you were watching it. And I'm looking through here and I'm thinking, oh, yeah, let's follow this this line of thinking here. We find out how Claire died. We find out what happens with Matt Parkman. Get a little thought, a little bit of the, the, the penny guy. And get some time travel shenanigans. Ah, uh, shenanigans. But you know what those notes are for me, Ben? Those are my notes on Euros. <laughs> I know. Which is what we're talking about right now. Yeah, that's pretty much how I keep my notes as I shoot them to you. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, let's talk. I mean, we, we find out how Claire died, that one of her children absorbs power. Well, and, and it makes sense. You know, Tommy slash Nathan has basically got his uncle's power and his grandfather's power. So it's a, a power that travels throughout the family where you absorb powers. Now, I, I think with... With uh, Uncle, didn't Uncle, he took the power, but he didn't steal your power? Yeah, and with him, you don't lose your power, I don't think, but you can't use it while you're around him. It's at least suppressed. Yeah. And so, and he can only hold one at a time, just like his uncle could only do at times. Um, Because there was moments Peter could only hold one. Um, the, the, I think the biggest concern I have about that overall is the fact that, you know, he stood really close to grandma and he didn't pick up her fortune teller power, his, her oracle power. No, but he suppressed it for her. But but he, he has to pick it up, too. So, like, when he goes to meet great grandma in the end, she won't let him get near Melina because it's too too early for him. Yeah, but how does her power work? By sleeping, right? Correct. Okay, so he may but, but have again, picked up her she's power. Near. He's nearer. It, they didn't say she had to be using her power. I mean, Hero wasn't using time travel. When no, he, no, I'm saying he would have to sleep in order for it to be used. And we don't yes. see him sleeping. And he has his memory erased. So, But he'd no longer be holding time travel. Well, he's around both of them, though. I'm just saying. He I'm just saying. Blown up. He's really close to grandma. Yeah, you're you're writing some rules here, though, that haven't been explored for us. Aren't rules important? They are important, but that's you're 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 basing your rules on the I'm other guy. Professional rule writer, man. and and this that's guy here, this guy here, he's a different guy. I mean, he's got the similar power, but it's not the same exact power. Well, and it's not because I believe Peter had to touch you. So, I mean, there's a an. A, a way that Peter acquired, and I and I think it was touch that he he'd have to do in order to acquire the power. And again, with him, you know, he could fly, and Nathan could fly at the same time. So yeah, he wasn't he didn't, suppressing he didn't suppress it. it. So, I mean, it's a different power. It's just a kind of the same same power grouping, but not the exact well, same power. And then Tommy, with his power, you know, they were talking about the fact that it was like 15 for when Claire, when she began to exhibit her power. Now we've, we've seen from heroes, you know, Micah wasn't 15 when he started to show his powers. Um, but here in, uh, here in Nathan's case, he, he's at birth. 
using his powers, which I will say is a way to explain why Claire is dead and how she died in a rational manner in which I'm never going to say she's going to come back. Is she can't come back? No, and it makes sense. Yeah, too. I mean, it it works in a story context that this baby who absorbs powers absorbed her healing and she couldn't survive. Yeah, I think the other big thing for me in here is we we did step on butterflies. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, that was a a big theme was you go back in time, don't step on, you know, find the butterfly that's going to cause the least problems if you step on it. And they stepped on some butterflies. And the biggest is Quentin. Quentin's alive now, but he's also not the buddy anymore. No, no. Um, if anything, he's been a master manipulator over the last year, which which Noah's not going to remember because it didn't happen for him. Nope. So, I mean, ugh, stepped on butterflies. Yeah, so Quentin's a bad guy. Matt Parkman comes in. Starts, He's at least a gray guy. Yeah, starts digging around inside uh, Noah's head. And fortunately, Noah was able to accept a penny and give up the memories. But, oh. Yeah. I was a little disappointed in Matt Parkman. Well, <laughs> Matt's always been a, what's the word I'm looking for? Punk. <laughs> <laughs> He's either been weak or he's he's never been the strongest of guys as far as character. So, and hey, we we know he's still married it's with the family. You know, good for him. Yeah, your family's going to be so proud. Well, I think she'd actually be fine with it based on what we saw of her in the past. Sure, sell your soul for financial stability. Go for it, Matt. Go for it. That poor guy. Poor, poor Matt Parkman. Jerk. He lets them go, though. What a jerk. He lets them go, but mainly because he doesn't want to get (laughs) too hurt or roughed up or, you know, I mean, he's... It's not going to be a simple thing for him to not let them go. It's much easier to just say, go, get out of here. There's no cameras on me right now, so I can let you go. And then for me, another thing that's interesting is the butterflies that aren't that aren't getting stepped on. Um, the serial killers are still serial killers. We, we see their origin. That was the worst They're, part of this episode. Yeah, single worst part of this series, honestly. Single worst part of the series. Uh, The season, I should say. Is that origin of how they became killers. The the guy you saved came to apologize and you killed him. Yeah, yeah. And not only did you kill him, that look on her face as she finishes killing him and she's, Oh, wow, this is good, you know. But that that fits her character and what we'd seen. Okay, but here's the thing. It feels like it's a light switch flipping. 
I mean, yeah, she's she's emotionally distraught or something. But is this like, oh, this has been her character the whole time? Uh, you know, that like with Lash, you know, where maybe this was just some still waters that ran really deep. And then she finally kills someone and realizes, oh, I like this. I'm a killer. It just doesn't work for me. I don't like it. It do- it doesn't ring true at all. It, it, the light switch that goes because she loses her child is to become what she becomes. It, it just doesn't work for me. It does not work for me at all. And the fact that he stays with her and does it with her goes along with this after this event here. Again, well, he's a Matt Parkman, a weak personality. Uh, yeah, that, 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 there's some extreme weakness going on here. I, I'm pretty sure that serial killers do not become serial killers with the flip of a switch. You don't know what's in her heart. You're right. I don't. Maybe it is like that thing you were suggesting with Lash where this is who he was all along. We just he had it suppressed or uh, yeah, maybe it was who she was all along. But yeah. So, so another person who's dead, dead. Mohinder. Yeah. He's dead, dead. But they are able to bring in a shapeshifter to say words that he would never have said. I, I like that element. Um, so Claire dead, dead. Um, Renee, the Haitian, maybe not dead. Well, why do you say that? Because originally it sounds as if Noah brought in Renee to do the mine, the mine scrubbing. And now there's no reason for him to go back to Renee. And Renee couldn't, you know, meet me. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, you know, yeah, that that could be a butterfly was stepped on. Um, so, again, something else to consider, you know, some folks. And then, of course, the other big thing in this episode is sacrifice. Hero, sa- a lot of father sacrifices, the computer programmer sacrifice um, because he realized he's done things wrong and just walking away and going with Harris. Hero sacrifice, you know, it is off screen. Did he live or did he die? Well, it's a question. But what's not a question for his sacrifice is him going back in time and then traveling to the future, but doing it at the same rate of time that everyone else does. (laughs) And so he lives those 15 years of Nathan or what's his other name? Tommy. Tommy's life as dad. Yeah. And, and you know, it's both. As was said in my house, why are they making me feel all the feels? It pulls at your heart in a joyful way because you see that Hero had 15 years as a husband and a father. And he truly, honestly loved Nathan. And he truly, honestly loved his wife. And it's pretty clear he was living a life that wasn't full of secrets with her where she thought he was crazy. You know, Mm -hmm. she clearly knew, you know, this is who he is and what he had done and he's not lying and he's a good man and he's a, he's a great man. And that hero then also was able to live as a father who was fully able to give his entire heart to this boy. And this boy gave back and Nathan 
took in not only, you know, Texas, but also Hero's own culture. <laughs> and, you know, I no, seriously, I mean, Nathan learned Japanese. And forgot it then. And that's, and, that, and that's the other half of the feels is, you know, he had a father who was Hero, and now he cannot remember him because he's been taken away by the Penny Man. Now, will the comic bring it back? I hope so. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's quite possible now that we know that it exists and those those feelings and and memories are there. You know, and he talks about you know not knowing so many things and yeah, it, it, I mean, it quite it, possibly. His mother, yeah, his I, mother could tell him. But I. I I like the idea of what they're doing here with they go back in time, they take the kids back in time, they grow up, and now they're not – what I want to know is how did the butterflies affect them? Because that's where this is – kind. there's a kind of a time travel problem here, and that is we spent these episodes watching these things happen and these characters develop, then time travel. And it should affect everything, right? Yeah. So what's not what's not affected? Uh, well, I'm not gonna. No, but the, the Renata's plan was already in effect a year ago. Yeah. Well, I mean, the sad thing is, you should give Molly a little bit of warning. But again, even Molly, you know, she will die. Before she really reveals the babies. Mm-hmm. And she did. She sure did. Yeah. So overall, I liked the episode. Uh, the thing I didn't like was, well, it was simply the, the serial killer stuff. I liked old hero. I liked all these ideas that they're bringing up with the memory and stuff and the time travel and stuff. I like it. All the feels. You're, so you're there. You're feeling like you're getting some good heroes here. Yeah, absolutely. Good. All the feels. Very good. All right. I think the feels is probably the best place to, to end this. What do you think? Well, you know, that's one possibility. It really is. But in the end, I really got to commit to that shotgun axe idea. Oh, I see. Yeah. That's not bad. I'm not going to play the credits again, though. Oh, fine. All right. Later, man.